Hey everyone, welcome back. Chris here, Commissar Community. Uh, in today with me, we have Mr. Reese Bullymore, uh, who is a chap that's heavily involved with the Barramundi Restocking Association, uh, currently going through a pretty crazy skiff build uh, that I know the boat owe too well. Um, all around, uh, good guy, um, loves his fishing, uh, took out one of the local fishing comps Last year? Uh, year before. The year before. Yeah. Yes. Um, and we've got him in here today to chat about a bunch of things. Reese, thank you for joining us. No dramas. Thank you. That's all right. When's the last time we got out for a fish, mate? Oh, I've been going to mate's boats re- recently, sort of, while well, I've been doing skiff builds. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've sort of been a couple of days here and there, and uh, uh, my comp partner just got a new Hughes Redfisher, so mm-hmm. managed to give that a give that a run Adam Hill's boat the other day so he's had it for a while before he got in the water didn't he yeah it needed a bit of a you know good clean up and elbow grease so he's sort of been getting it right got the trailer sort of repaired and yeah. you know put a little bit of stuff into it before we got it on the water just to make sure everything was you know nice so yeah, yeah it was nice to get it out for a run and gave it a run in that nice 25 to 30 knot change the other day so got to give it a good test out was that on the Sunday or the Saturday Saturday were you with him when he got that donkey? No, week before. Oh, so yeah, yeah. No, nah, week before we. Uh, that was the first run when the when the change first sort of came through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I uh, happened to get the sneaky little photo sent through of the must have been the weekend just gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good fish. Yeah, one hundred and eighteen. It was a nice one. Yeah. So. Yeah, he um, definitely, the smile on his face said it all. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a, <laughs> an absolute horse. So. Yeah, yeah. That was in the bowl, wasn't it? Yeah, Bolly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Reese, a uh, few things we want to have a chat about today. One is obviously the um, Barramundi restocking program that you're a part of, yeah. um, which uh, I've been fortunate enough to be asked to help out on a number of occasions. Um, and then obviously we'll get on to the skiff build and why you chose that and whatnot. So let's get the formalities out of the way. So um, what? how are you involved with the Barramundi restocking group? So I've been, so at the moment, I currently am president of the restocking society there and um, I've been involved with them for the last, if I had to put a figure on it, probably 15 years, maybe a little bit more. So uh, right from sort of when I was first started my apprenticeship, actually, it was through uh, Terry McGeckin. So um, we sort of got involved at the same time and Terry's been the president for the last couple of years or last few years and um, yeah, just formalities and you know he'd sort of had enough and uh i got him to hold out as president while i started to get the dam uh, up off the ground so i was working in the background on that and then sort of yeah change of guard after i'd got that off the ground to to get it to where it's at now mm-hmm. i was gonna get terry in to do like a three-person podcast but i didn't have the next six hours to Oh, not only that, there would have been like, it just would have been beeping continuously. (laughs) (laughs) Stories about getting stuck on sandbars and stuff. Up creeks, just you name it. It's happened to Terry. (laughs) Good luck though. Congratulations on the retirement, Terry. Yeah, definitely. It's well deserved. So he's always ringing me now like midweek. Oh, got some good fish today. I'm like, yeah, it's going to happen when you can pick your tides in a day. So, yeah, no, he's uh, he's enjoying himself. Yeah, good on him. Um, So, obviously... I've only been involved um, with you guys for like mate, maybe the last 12 months, a little bit longer. Um, so knowing like we'll get to where it is now, but tell me what it was like 15 years ago. What was the main focus? Where were you sort of focused on 
So yeah. surprisingly, you're actually involved over two years ago from the first release in the yeah, dam. Right. So that's how Time long flies, it's mate. yeah exactly. So uh, it's changed a fair bit over the last sort of fifteen years. So we went through quite a lot of different funding stages where. Um, we actually used to have the fish supplied to us from the DPI. So they provided the fish and we just provided the manpower to actually put them in. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we went through, okay, so we'll provide you the money. You guys source the fish. Okay, so we ran with that for a while. And um, then it got to a stage where the money was then cut back. So we, okay, we we done the best we could with what funding we had. And um, <clears throat> from there, we sort of, got to a point where they said oh we're not going to fund you anymore so we sort of went oh what do we do here and they said oh don't worry we'll uh give you a sips application for the the weirs so Mm -hmm. that was you know due process we we got onto the sips program and and now we're sort of back into territory where we're getting you know reasonable funding again so we sort of the the three weirs bring in probably around twelve thousand dollars a year um and then obviously with the dam that's been funded so far from grant applications but uh once that comes online and we get application for sips with the dam well that'll be an additional i'm hoping around thirty thousand dollars a year to keep that topped up with uh barras and is that um with the three weirs if we without bringing other places into it. If you look at places like, say, Cairns or further south, is is that a pretty healthy number? Like, is that pretty, is that, you know, sustainable? Yeah, definitely. Like, look, there's even been talk around the maximum numbers of stocking on the permits being reduced because they've possibly been overstocked in the last uh, period of time. So, um, yeah, look, certainly it's it's a good, it's a round number at the moment. And, and we adjust the fish sizes given the situation. So, you know, we, we were doing 200-odd mil fish in the weirs just because of the predator species in there where, the, you know, the, the dam when we first done that, they were all sort of that 50 to 70 mil mark. So more bang for buck, better survival rate, higher numbers, um, mm-hmm. less predators. You know, there's no fish swimming around to really eat them. Um, a couple of sleepy cods, but uh, the the main one was birds. So, yeah. you know, that, that 50 to 70 mil, we got heaps more fish for less dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, um, you've been working in with sort of, uh, I guess you would call them close or you know, the partners that you worked in to get the fish you know I've, I know you've got the chap at um, Guru there yeah Ron so yep. he's he's been one of our or he's been our main supplier now for a number of years mm-hmm. um, you know and, and we we, we run with Ron for a few reasons but he um, always got top quality fish uh, works in with us and has you know competitive pricing and, and you know um, yeah I think the the, the quality of the fish and the health of the fish is paramount. So, you know, you don't want to be stocking in, um, you know, so Ron's very aware of the diversity of the genetics and strains and stuff like that. So, yep. you know, they're not just bred for a plate purpose. You, yep. you know, they're actually recruited for a reason. So, yeah. And I've seen the way he operates um, when we do do the, the stocking day, the releasing day, sorry, he's... Um He's very passionate about what he does, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, he, as I said, he's he's been into this stuff for a long time, so he knows the ins and outs of Barramundi. Yep. Yeah. So, what's um? I know the sizes that we've been releasing recently, going back fifteen years, and just through the times, is it? up and down with the sizes that have been released and stocked or yeah definitely so we sort of you know back in the day it was 25 mil fingerlings and then 
we sort of moved to larger fish in the 50 to 75 mil range. Then we bumped it up again to that 100 mil range as the weirs got more and more full because they don't all just wash out in the wet season. They, yeah. they hang around. Um, <clears throat> we then went on to, you know, 200 mil fish and then some of the batches we were getting at the time from a local supplier, uh, they were up to around 300 with the odd 400 mil fish thrown in yeah, there. Right. So, um, And then we've sort of come back now to that, that 200 mil size for the weirs and the, the dams at around that 50 to 75 mil size. So, yeah. And is there any sort of statistics on how quickly these fish can grow? Uh, it, well, it all depends, you know, on their habitat, the flow of the weirs, if we get a good wet season. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty of bait in there. So, you know, as everyone knows, there's an overabundance of tilapia mm. and um, discus and whatever else the guys who get posted here from the army release before they get posted away again. So <laughs> um, there's there's a stack of those in there, plus all the natives as well, uh, yep. bony brims and all the rest of them. So, um, yeah, just given the different living conditions will dictate their growth rate a lot of the time. Yep. Um, but they do generally grow. Uh, the dam fish are, should be growing quite quick. Yeah. So, and, um, you know, I, I put a photo up the other day uh, of someone who'd taken a photo, which was actually an ex, ex-member of ours, Steve McLean, mm-hmm. uh, took a photo from the top of the dam wall and you could clearly see two barrows down. Uh, I think that wall would have to be a good 10 or 15 metres to the water. Uh, they looked to be around 80 centimetres in the photo, yeah, nice. given that distance, you know. So, yeah. yeah, which yeah. is pretty good considering um, the fish that were released into that dam were around that 100 to... Oh, 50 to 75. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. So oh, yeah. I'd say they probably, these particular fish would have been out of the first batch that we done and uh, the first 25,000 we put in there. Yep. And, um, you know, survived the floods and everything else. And yeah, they're, they're healthily swimming along looking for stuff to eat. So. Yeah. And I've been a couple, uh, couple of meetings that you do. Yep. And um, it's pretty interesting to see the ones that are tagged and hmm. either where they end up or and how, how long after they were released that they were actually caught. Yeah, definitely. So that sort of stuff is, you know, I don't know if you still see it interesting, but I found it quite interesting to... Yeah, so we used to run... So once upon a time, the DPI actually funded us for tags. So there, I mean, it doesn't sound like much, but a dollar a tag, it adds up when you're buying 25,000 fish. You know, yep. it's an extra $2,500 you've got to come up with. So, yep. um, you know, so we, we sort of... Um, went through there uh, they might not quite be a dollar a tag but it's it's more money we have to come up with so we um we went through and uh done all that because they were supplied and the data we got from that was great and um quite often you'd see a barra go over three weirs in a single wet season so we'd release them pre-wet season yep. or you know sort of may june they'd live in the same weir blacks weir for example uh, wet season would come December, January, and we'd get a recapture in the salt. So yep. they'd go three weirs, no dramas, and eat down in the salt. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's really good to see that sort of um, movement. Yeah, right. And what um, the fish that you are seeing down there and whatnot, the, um, is that ideally the goal, mate? Like stock, let them go down, end up in the salt? or uh, not. Not really, but it's you know it's a supplementary action there. So you are supplementing some of the the stuff in the in the salt. So mm-hmm. I think it's just a byproduct. I mean, for me, the the goal is to have a, a, a an impoundment in the middle of town that we can fish. That's always going to have fish in there, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I don't want to see them all flushed out. But if it happens, they're not going to sit there and die. They're going to go out, and people are going to catch them down at Crocky and Alligator and Coco and yep. you know all those creeks down there. So it's not a bad thing. Yeah, and it's um it's crazy to see the 
it's been a while now, but the last time I was actually um, up at Loam there, after we've had all the floods and sort of flushed out all the, the crap that's in yeah. there, how, um, you know, you're probably going to have a go at me about my sounder here, but how good, <laughs> you know, you're actually sounding them up in there now. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's crazy to... Nice, clean shadows rolling through there. So. 100%. So that, yeah. was, that was pretty cool, um, getting them to bite, obviously. Yeah, that's that's yeah, the hard that's, part, yeah. like anything. But yeah, but know. yeah, seeing them in there was absolutely awesome. Because go back even, we'll go back to that two years. You know, you go up to Loam there for oh, a fish and weed, just weed. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You know, and it was through no fault of councils or anything like that. So yeah, the hyacinths probably could have been managed, but the kabomba, which grew from the bottom, uh, it was just purely lack lack of flow. Yeah, you know, there was just no flow to push that out. So, yeah. and yeah. then the hyacinths sort of started to grow within the Kabomba and then it just turned into a big mass. Yeah. So that ended up being Cape Cleveland's problem though. Pretty <laughs> well. I said I seen a photo down at the um marina down there at the Ross and yeah. um all of, it just looked like, you know, buffalo grass. Yeah, yeah. It just was perfectly <laughs> green and around all the boats. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So what's um obviously we've we've gone from stocking the weirs and uh, I noticed there's been a massive push to try and get on the dam um yep. you know stocking the dam getting on it and not not just in a um you know letting the ski club use it and then letting recreational boats go up in there and but like you guys have really actually pushed the the whole sustainability of that dam and the you know the, the commercial oh, aspect the of tourism it. aspect yeah. of it yeah that's yeah. right so you know it's it's a it's a world-class asset that's just being underutilized so you know um and we've worked hard with council uh the last particularly um mark uh, you would have mark molicino mm. so he's uh the councillor for the division up at kelso there and he's been instrumental in, in ensuring that we are going to reach this goal so um he's just been re-elected this year as the deputy mayor yeah. And um, so, I mean, I can only see see good things uh, are going to come from this. So um, his his first agenda is to finish off the project that we started when he was elected in the first term. Yeah. Um, I know it sounds like a long time, but we probably kicked off with council working on this over three years ago. Mm-hmm. But we're at a point now where we've we've got um, you know over eighty thousand fish in there. Council are committed to ensuring that it's opened. Uh, we've just got the formalities to tick off now. So you know the water treatment plant being upgraded this year or next year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a pivotal part of that access. Uh, and then the master plan and, and the infrastructure and we're away. So yeah, right. you know it seems like a lot, but it, it's it's definitely happening. And no, it's mate, you know I live at North Shore and there's been a pothole there that's been there for about. <laughs> three years I reckon so that's that's a fine yeah um and to anyone that hasn't you know like I just anyone that I can talk to about this Reese I'm super passionate about exp- trying to picture it but people can go to the dam wall you can run along the dam wall you can go and have a look at the floodgates and stuff mate sum up for people what it's like being on the water up there just you know, going from where we launched that day and going up to the back of the dam to release yeah. the fish and stuff. It's, it's, it's different. You know, in, in one word, it's spectacular. Yeah. You know, there's, there's just, <clears throat> I mean, I've fished nearly every dam up and down the, the coast, uh, relatively close to Townsville, you know, all the Mackay dams and Peter Faust and Tinaru and, um, 
rubbish yep. down yeah. <laughs> so they, they they all they all like you say they you know you can stand at the damn wall and they all look the same it's not until yeah. you jump in a boat and you can go for a run and have a look at the back and um see what what what's there you know like the bird life the the little green grassy islands the barras the you know turtles. everything the turtles um you know there's cattle I think you know Peter Peter Faust is the same you drive up the back of the creek there and there's camels you know yeah. it's yeah. yeah it's it's just beautiful once you get up there and yeah. uh, very green and grassy our dam um, shallow edges mm-hmm. um, you know that that just creates good feeding points for the barra though and um, overall though yeah as I said in one word it's sort of it's just spectacular yeah 100% it's yeah it's but the, the last time we went up there and did um, some restocking uh, there was twice there that you know, I had that one bucket of barrow that I was like, nah, we'll just go up here and release it. And the yeah. guys on the boat were like, we've got to get them in the water. I was like, nah, I've got an excuse just to go, yeah, you know, that yeah. little bit further. Nah, it's just magic up there. Yep. So, and plenty of, you know, as you said, plenty of areas that when you do release them up there, you know, you're plenty not just, yeah, yeah, you're not just hanging them out to dry. No, such. that's right. Yep. Lots of lantana bushes, lots of weed edges, lots of shallow weed edges, uh, rocky outcrops. There, yeah. There's everything up there. Tree lines. There's the whole lot. Yeah. 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 So where, um, some of the hard words like, so where are we at with, um, the possibility of being able to access the dam. Yep. So as we all know, we just had the council elections. Um, new council's been voted in. I think Team Hill got nine out of the or nine positions in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Mark was in there, and um, Jenny, the mayor. She's everyone. Everyone in council supports the opening of the dam, mm-hmm. as far as the councillors are concerned. So um, they're working tirelessly now to, you know, this 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 part now where we're at is the the. The red, we'll call it red tape. You know, this is the, this is the ticking the boxes stuff, the the risk mitigation stuff, the, you know, all that that stuff that needs to get done. It's t- time consuming. It's reports. It's community consultation, which we just went through. So you know, outstanding community response to say we want access to the dam for a whole range of reasons: mm-hmm. hiking, biking, fishing, kayaking. Yeah. Not jet skis. No, <laughs> no, no, just joking. But uh, yeah, no, so I, you know, I genuinely, like I've had jet skis, and yep. you know, the, I don't, I don't know if that dam would actually suit jet skis. Oh, I mean, look, they're going to have a nice basin to run around in, and that's the same as Faust. You know, this is one of the things council raised as an issue. Oh, you know, we have to keep boats and jet skis separate. I like they just they don't live in they don't coexist you know we don't fish where jet skis drive around yeah. and jet skis don't drive around With shallow that. points and trees you know so yeah. um you know it's just the, the stuff that we have to work through to sort of say you know look and um and look council you know and rightly so their first and foremost is the quality of the water because it's our yeah. drinking supply so yeah. you know they have to look after that stuff so you know that's obviously the, the most pivotal part is, is the water treatment plan upgrade that's due so mm-hmm. you know then your master plan the master plan will spell out and that's so we've got the the go ahead so just before the election council endorsed the master uh, endorsed the uh moving forward into the next stage of creation of the master plan. So now that that's been endorsed, there's basically, there's no stopping it now. It's just a a matter of working through the process. Um, So that'll hopefully get done to sort of coincide with the water treatment upgrade. Um, You know, that's two boxes ticked off and we can work through the master plan then to see what infrastructure is needed. And um, council can chase funding for that. Yeah. So would you have any idea of how many... 
um, Barra should be in the dam? Look, yeah, at the moment, I know from the figures we've stocked, there, there's approximately 80,000 Barra. Um, and that, as I said, that wasn't from SIPs because we're not eligible for the scheme until we tick the boxes with council. So it's working between two government departments. Um, with funding, we so any money we've got so far has been uh, externally sought, um, even from council. So we had to apply for standalone funding just for the dam, which we achieved. We got um, $25,000 from those guys last year mm-hmm. and 35000 from the Queensland Gambling Fund and a few other um, bits and pieces we managed to pick up. Uh, council's come back and committed uh, another $15,000 a year for the next four years, so that money will go straight into the dam. Yeah, awesome. So um, that's you know that's the sort of support that council's giving this. So they are serious about having people up there accessing this asset. Do you think I've got any sort of chance of with that many fish in that dam still being able to catch one? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> no nets though. Hey? No. <laughs> yeah. Cool. No, that's absolutely that's that's positive. It's really really good to hear. Yeah, that's right. I think there are a lot of businesses hanging out. You know, it's not just the fish shows. It's the boat shops. It's the tour guides. It's the charter guides. It's the kayak shops. It's you know the bird watching club. It's the mountain bike shops. You know, there's so much positive Mate, stuff knock off around work it. it. Four or five o'clock go up. You're on two there hours. within half an hour. Yeah, you know, sunsets, sunrises. Yep, you know, that's the right. photography, the whole lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a massive, massive sort of uh, economy yep. boost that could happen up there. Definitely. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, so, the group themselves is it a large group? The Barry Stocking Group. Uh, it, we've grown. So we we sort of we ran into a bit of a. Um, point probably just at the time where we had the funding cut from us where we were sort of switching over to SIPs where we 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 sort of had a lack of commitment from members and um I think we we sort of rejuvenated it with the likes of social media which gave us um you know a, a lot more interest in the membership people sort of join it or they're interested in it thinking oh we're gonna we're gonna join up and do a fishery stock every three weeks yeah. and like the reality is it's once or twice a year yeah. so the other we, we have a bi, bi-monthly meeting so we only meet six times a year yeah um, and one of those is our agm so you know a lot of those meetings honestly you've been to them there yep there's some interesting stuff there but a lot of it's just a 45 to an hour formality for the sake we have to because we're a non-profit organization so you know we have to tick that box mm-hmm. have a quorum we have to discuss the the means and like a couple of those meetings are sort of where we get into radio what weekend are we going to do the restocking who's going to go down who's available um or we might have an expo on so we'll discuss the the roster for that or something but the reality is you know people i think got bored because they just didn't understand there's not that much hands-on to do yeah um so once we sort of put that out on facebook we got a heap of interest and we got some younger fellas uh showing interest and um yeah since since then we've kept our facebook page up to date and you know we put a lot of stuff on there and yeah it's been really good so we've sort of got to a point now we've got a, a sort of a core group of guys that are all the members probably around 14 or 15 that are you know there every meeting and whatnot and then there's a heap of guys like yourself who are members but you know you might not have the time to commit but you're happy to to be a member and show up and help when when we need the extra hand, you know? Yeah, sure. So, and that makes a difference as well, you know? It's not the same people rocking up 
doing the hard yards every time. Yeah, 100%. And where, so how can people get in touch with the group? Just through the Facebook page um, or myself if they've got me on Facebook or any of the guys there. Yeah. Um, you know, What's we, the Facebook page called? Uh, Townsville Barramundi Restocking Group. Yeah, so. Super hard to tag because <laughs> it's very long. Yeah, so <laughs> jump on there and, um, yeah, give it a like, have a look through. We've, we've got a heap of content on there. I'll give a shout-out to Adrian, the guy, uh, one of our members who posts a lot of the great photos that are on there. So yeah. um, he's he's done a lot of stuff on that Facebook page and, and Andrew as well, uh, Maddie Levy. Yeah, there's sort of four of us that monitor that page and um, – Terry's made a few pocket posts on there, but uh, <laughs> so we've removed his uh, admin, admin rights. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no, cool. So, um, and the AGM, oh, sorry, the meetings are held here in Townsville? Yeah, they're held here in Townsville bi-monthly. So we, we have one sort of in um, January, uh, March, etc. So it goes right through um, every second second month on the second Monday and um, Gabrielli Constructions is actually so one of our members works for Gabrielli's Bobby Holman uh, he secured us their boardroom at Gabrielli's Constructions to, to run our meetings in so um, we, we were having it at the Vale in the front bar there but obviously some members have got kids and so mm -hmm. yep it was great that Gabrielli's came on board and, and gave us that space to use so cool and you can attend as a guest if you want to yeah, see what it's definitely, all about 100% yep. yeah yeah cool awesome well I reckon we have a break, grab a drink, yep. and then we'll come back and talk about skiffs. Sounds good. All right, cool. We're back. Righto. So let's get into the skiff. Can you talk about this boat without nightmares? Look, so a bit of a backstory. <laughs> Reese acquired a, what is it, four? Four, uh, it's actually a... Bermuda TD149, which was the prototype to the Haynes Signature 485 SFs. Yeah. Uh, they were commonly called a sequel after Signature got them. Yeah. And that was a sequel to Haynes Hunter, the Haynes Signature sequel. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's the background on the yeah. boat. And when you, before you chop it up, but when you actually look at it, if you squint enough, you see the same sort of lines as as what's in the, the signature. The 485, yeah, that's right. So as I said, these were a prototype hull that they made that were only 4.6 or 15 foot long. Yep. Um, 1.8 metres wide. Um, and there's a, there's a few photos of it up on the Composite Community page there that I threw up the other week. Yep, we appreciate that. Yeah. So this, this particular boat uh, has come back into my life uh, <laughs> after... Um, Mate, we still talk. I don't have any issues with him. He's a, he's a good young lad. He's a father now. Yep. Uh, so hopefully there'll be a few things that he sort of thinks about now. But uh, <laughs> so we had a lovely trip to uh, Faust Dam uh, and this particular boat uh, had some issues, uh, you could say, um, and those issues uh, resulted in a nice five o'clock in the afternoon till 9.30 the next morning, I think, I think it was. I, I seen you guys probably about that afternoon. It was probably about half past three, half past four. We were trying yeah. to anchor out on Faust Point, this yeah. so at Peter Faust Dam. And, um, man, it was pretty pretty choppy then. Like, yeah, it was there was pretty full on at, like, yeah, three o'clock in the afternoon, and it just got worse from there. Yes, and a, a couple of wrong manoeuvres, I will call it, uh, led to, yeah, Pretty much, I watched the sun go down on the bank of Faust Point, 
and we made it back to the boat ramp at about 10 o'clock the next morning without the boat. Yeah. Uh, so you can fill in the blanks from there. Now that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I was on this boat, boat uh, had some technical difficulties and decided to have a little rest on the bottom of it. Ended up on the wrong side of the water. <laughs> yeah. um, and everyone was obviously unharmed. Um, yeah. It was more of a, we lost all our gear. Ego yeah. was a little bit hurt. Yeah, it was mental that night. We were sitting back at camp going... I mean, it was just too dangerous to, to have well, a boat yeah. out there that night. That night was scary, windy, and, it, I mean, it was like cyclonic conditions. Um, in your cabin? <laughs> in, the, in the in the nice warm cabin, yeah. But, uh, I mean, snuggled everyone, in every, so hard. everyone was concerned because, oh, yeah. you know, we were sitting there going, oh, this, is, this is bad, you know, and these guys, they're not back yet. And it's mm. like 8 o'clock at night, you know, and then there's a couple of guys still around the base and trolling. We sort of said, oh, you know, look, are the boys back yet? And no, we didn't see them. We, you know, yeah. the, the car's still down there. And, like, then it got to, like, hang on, that, that's the only car down there now. What's happened, you know? Um, and and the, it sucked. But probably one of the hardest things was being at that point in Faust where you can still know where the boat ramp is. You can still yep. know where the car park is. But there's no... You're still too far away to... Because we'd lost everything. Yeah. There was no... You know, nothing that we could get a um, shiny nothing light off. There all. was no torches. There yep. was no nothing. So it was super, one, because, yes, like, we just wanted to be rescued. Yeah. But two, the, you know, I knew that there was people that would be looking for us. Yeah, definitely. So there was no way that we could be like, hey, look, this sucks. We're not in the water. Yeah. But we can't also leave here. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it was just this an exceptional night. Um, yeah, it was pretty full on. Like, yeah. the next morning, there was bullets. The rain the rain was horizontal. You know, I seen the, a photo or a video from Gavin's boat who, who ended up finding you mm. guys the next morning. You know, that, those waves were two metres high. You oh, mate, you, the, the people that didn't know what happened, I showed them that footage. Yeah. And they were like, well, he's at the reef. <laughs> nah, yeah. we, we, were, we were in a dam. In a dam inland, yep. yeah. So yep. it was just mental. Mm, so, but yeah, we're both safe. Um, I take my hat off to Lockie uh, as far as the, I don't even know how to say it, just the, the guy stepped up. Once it all happened, you know, yep. he didn't just sulk and just yep. like throw the towel in. He, you know, stayed positive. He realized the situation we were in. He realized what, could have gone wrong and what didn't yeah um and tried to hug me so many times volleyball yeah right it's cold i was like it's okay it was freezing it was freezing yeah um but i remember sitting there from i think we got about 40 minutes sleep each yeah just from exhaustion yeah um but i remember sitting there for like mate four hours pitch black raining yeah the um you know those woolies uh, f- the ones that you get your cold stuff in with the zip yeah over my head just with my arms folded <laughs> oh. just swearing at Lockie just telling him this, what I thought of him was it was it warm did you try going in the water was it warmer no so the we should have yeah um oh, mate you know it was sucked sitting there all night just hearing the barrows just buffing oh really so we were just like we had no gear to even just pass the time because nah. it was all gone yeah um, and yeah, we heard just you just sit there and you just hear boof, boof, 
but we actually, I don't know if we were supposed to do this. If we weren't, I apologize. But in the circumstances, it's all we had. Yeah. We lit a fire and burn all these hatches off his boat. What else are you going to do? <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. Survival. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, um, so yeah, it was, uh, we made it through that night, but that's the backstory of this boat. So <laughs> Bully Mall now has this boat. Yeah. Um, and thanks, Lockie. Yeah, thanks, Lockie. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, so uh, this particular boat, obviously, did you just sort of, did you want uh, it or did you just so sort of- I sort of a mate of mine's got a, a um, he's, he's got the only one in Australia it's a Solmarsh Heron uh, 16 footer um, skiff right. out of the states so he he's had it three years now and um, it's a phenomenal boat it's um, I, I sort of basically said I want one of them but my loving wife probably wouldn't be too fond of me importing another boat <laughs> at this stage so not after I just repowered the, the bass boat so yeah. um, I sort of thought how can I get one of them but I'd, without the money yeah <laughs> so, you got a kid don't you yeah I've heard that you wrap it up at Christmas time and say it's from Santa and then when the kid's like, oh, it's from Santa, you can look at your missus and be like, yeah, it's from Santa. And she <laughs> yeah, can't. I think it's the whole import process that's going to be a bit hard to, to squeeze through. So, But uh, I, I passed that off with the new Merc last year. So, yeah, yeah, it does work. Still a bit tender? Yeah, not too bad. <laughs> Just getting used to it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we went through and um, got, got the boat. And, yeah, so that skiff of my mates, um, Bob, Bentley, so Bob, um, he won the fly tournament last year up at Hinchinbrook in mm-hmm. the skiff. Um, yeah. talk, they're talking about possibly still being able to run that this year. Yeah, well, they don't sort of need to know. Same as the Barabash, they don't need to know until June. So yeah. that's sort of given them a bit of t- a bit of breathing space, I guess, because mm-hmm. the comp's not actually until September or around that t- time. So good comp. Uh, I personally, I don't fly fish, so yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. The guys yeah. all say it's a cracker, so I'm assuming it's it, it would be, yeah. yeah. And um, so yeah, Bob uh, Bob imported this salt marsh heron and. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. You know, it's 16 foot, drafts in about four to six inches, uh, 150 kilos. It's all Kevlar. Yeah, just right. nice basic decks, you know, 300 mil wide gunnels, front rear hatches, dry storage. Yeah. I just thought I need one of these in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, when, when I actually, yeah, I've, we've, I mean, I've, we've had that thing planing in four inches, like a scary cello, you know, and um, just trim tabs down trim it out and just yeah it's you're running the bars i thought yeah i need one of these and um yeah lockie's lockie's boats had a few issues and it was i brought it you know fully not knowing it's rotten basically so and that was confirmed once i'd cut it all out like yeah it's any typical Haynes build, it's it's not the greatest from factory and, and all timber, most of the timber was pretty well rotten in it. So yeah. uh, no surprise to me, didn't expect it to be any different to that. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I've basically brought it with the intention of sort of making the Australian version of the Solmarsh Heron. Uh-huh. So um, looking at, uh, to the point where I'm actually going to modify the, the bottom of the hull to cut you know, to put planing planks into it, mm-hmm. um, take out some of the dead rise uh, out of the bow and, and give me that shallow draft, trim tabs, full uh, one-piece moulded top deck. Um, so, yeah, there's 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 some work cut out for it, but I think it's it's going to be worth it. Yeah, because uh, it's, 
it's a game changer, isn't it? Being able to stay up there for that little bit longer oh, when you're fishing. Mate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, if you, if anyone's fished Hinchinbrook or any of the bay creeks here, it's yeah. The, the more time you get there, the more fish you catch. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I, the you know I want to build it to run off a, a sixty horsepower. I don't want to. You know, it's all about being lightweight and running shallow. So console or tiller? Uh, tiller. So yeah. uh, again, with the the salt marsh, it's um just got a grab console big enough to house a 12 inch sounder yeah. some switches nav lights just the basics uh, a bar on top to hold on to and basically driving it standing up yeah. so tiller extension standing up driving it's it's great yeah yeah just not as fast as the best boat. No, that's right. And, you know, two different things. You know, like at Hinchinbrook, to be honest, I probably won't take it to Hinchinbrook all that much because yeah. I've got the bass boat for that. That's mm-hmm. go fast, still goes pretty shallow, mm-hmm. you know, and if you can't get that shallow, you just wait at the edge, they'll still come out. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> you know, this is for little local trips where it's just better than a tinny, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, little simple things, Ross Creek, the bay, little, yeah, stuff where you just want that lightweight, you know, like you can't lift a, a bass boat over a bar, but you can yeah. pull this thing over a bar, you know, so, What yeah. sort of fuel capacity are you hoping to? Um, I'm going to put a 70-litre tank in there, mm-hmm. 60 horsepower. I've, I've, I think I'm going to go with a, one of the new 60-horsepower Tahatsus because they come in at only 98 kilos, so everything about this is weight. So from factory, these hulls come out at 300 kilos. Uh, I'm looking at, at sort of keeping or dropping 50 kilos from that um, in the build, and that's actually increasing the deck sizes using all composites. So you get that if you just didn't take your wallet, wouldn't you, Bloomer? <laughs> Not even. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's that's what the aim of it is, and and just keeping that weight right down. You know, it's it's obviously not going to be as as light or as shallow as the the salt marsh, but is the salt um, marsh a dry boat? Very dry. Yep. Yeah. So one of the Does key the uh, top deck come over and yeah, gets so one of the key factors which I'm adapting from the the salt marsh to this is actually uh, so the top deck being a single piece where it runs into the cockpit the the gunnels will be 330 mil wide mm-hmm. so 120 mil of that is actually overhang okay. yep. on the outside with the turn down that six inch you know a good six inches out yeah. Um, and what that does, it basically gives you a, a, an oversized spray rail that just wicks the water straight down to the back. Yeah. So uh, that's one of the key features that I've done. Yeah, done. and awesome to, like, when you're at the boat ramp and when you do need to push it over the sandbar stuff, it always gives you something to grab onto yeah, as well. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right, you know. So, yep, yeah, fully glassed to top top and bottom and yeah. um, finished off with a 90-degree turn down, the thickness of the gunnel rubber that's just pop riveted on. Yeah. Um, so it's not the, the gunnel rubber is not actually adjoining the two hulls. It's just that that turn down on the outside. Yeah. Yep. And um, you're going to do the whole polling platform thing? Yep. 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 So yep. I want it, want it to be proper. So, mm-hmm. yep, I want... Yeah, basically the polling platform, the the extended tiller so you can stand up and drive it, um, front casting deck, single hatch, um, esky to go in front of the console so you've got a seat there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's... Um, no timber? No timber, composite. all composites. And yeah, as I said, a lot of that's going to be... Um, I'm working with uh, Steve Menzo, so he's he's joined us a few times at the stocking society now and yep. got chatting to him and um he's keen to offer some advice and i'll do all the dirty work and happy to pay him to do the 10 percent finishing work that makes it look like a factory boat mate i'll tell you hot tip right now if that guy ever invites you around for a barbecue take it yeah i seen those posts the other mate, day it's ridiculous yeah i know 
So you've got to organise this for um, fibre finish, okay? Yeah, get definitely. Get on Fr- it. Friday, um, Friday lunches, I reckon. Yeah, that'll be go. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Yep. I'll supply the premises. <laughs> he can supply everything else. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so, yeah, no, so, super skilled man. That yeah, human. that's right. So he's he's actually done a little bit of stuff on my mate's skiff and um, – yeah, so I got chatting to him, and and we're sort of we're really weight conscious. So you know we're um, we're looking at obviously you know thermalite where we can, but not as a staple, you know, because no. it is heavy. It's not it's not the the no. lightest product. Um, so you know in the in the transom we'll have we'll have two nineteen mils for the the center part only where the motor hangs. Yep. Outside of that, we're just going to be running PVC yep. uh, with reinforced sections for, you know, the likes of your, your trim tabs to screw into and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're not hanging. I've got, I've got a big go fast boat. I don't, it's not the purpose for this. So I'm not going to want to creep up that motor size. I'm going to be happy with 30 yeah. mile an hour. Just Which 219s laminated together, mate, will be ample for a 16. And that's right. And as I said, you know, like, Outside of those knees from the, the main stringers is going to just go back to PVC to just um, give it something to laminate up to and then just drop that weight weight out of it again, you know. Yeah. Uh, and the rest of the thermalite sheet will be used in the stringers. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No, it's, um, it's quite a little interesting build. So we look forward to the progress in uh, both on your own page and in the composite community yeah. uh, group that we have, which, as I said, I really appreciate you posting in there and sharing um, your progress of the boat. Yep. You are... Uh, Done much grinding before this, mate? Uh, yeah. So I'd actually, in the past, I, before I brought, brought my bass boat, I'd actually got a 17 and I was all keen to do a 17 and I'd, I'd got that to a point where it was all ground out on a trailer and I just sort of, it wasn't really the hull that I decided I'd wanted and I had a mate who was keen to grab it so I sold it to him for, you know, I didn't lose money on it yeah. but yeah, so I'd, I've already taken one great boat back <laughs> to, to what it needed to be and this will be the second chop at it so, yeah. but I'm much more happy I'm much happier with this hull, so yeah, um, yeah. It'll be it'll be uh, pretty pretty out there build. Um, no expenses spared, sort yeah. of thing. But electric, yeah, yep. fifty five pound Minkota single battery. As again, you know, it's all coming down to weight. So, yep. um, and and being a light hull, you don't really need that all that extra weight in there anyway. Mm-hmm. And of course, a what's that hummingbird oh of course it's got to have a hummingbird X12 yeah yeah so and, I mean I've I've already got that so you know another transducer which I'm sure if Shane's listening he'll be able to hook me up so yeah <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, just switch Shane. it between boats yeah pretty yeah. well so yeah um yeah and eventually you know look if I get a 360 or something like that again it can go between the boats so yeah. um that's what the the ultimate uh piece of kit's going to be on there yeah yeah so we'll wrap up with a bit of fishing talk because, uh, mate, it wouldn't be that far away that the Maycomp would. What, Maycomp was not next week, the week after, yeah, so that's been cancelled, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so how, how have you found, obviously, you're very comp sort of savvy. You really, you know, you compete in a lot of them and you, you compete, you know, you yeah. don't just sort of rock up. Um, how have you found the beginning of this year? Not, oh. not knowing if it was on or if it wasn't because obviously the we do the trophies and stuff weird. for it yeah. I mean I, I don't know if you've sort of paid much attention to the tides but the whole and this is probably some of the reason I haven't done a great deal of fishing this year not because I've got other projects on the go but you know like you know the start of the year just after barra season the, 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 the tides were just all over the shop you know you'd get to a weekend and it'd be a 5pm low in yeah. like at Hinchinbrook so you know you'd 
you, your good fishing wouldn't really start until three and it was just a massive day and nothing really lined up. So I just, yeah, just, just kept go. grinding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, but the whole year's sort of been a bit of a, a weird year in, in regards to tides, you know. Nothing yeah. sort of lined up on weekends or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I just – I didn't really pay too much attention to it. But Adam, my comp partner, and me, we both – for all the comps um, – most of the time we can usually take the week off leading up to so it's not too bad even if we can't get a great deal of fishing in for the year as long as we get that week you know that's enough to go on time to trees and stuff pretty oh cages <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you know we just we, we do a lot of driving we don't we don't fish all that much in pre-fish honestly yeah. we just drive around yeah might have a fish but we're looking at all sorts of things bait color of the water yeah where we think looks good, yeah. where we think looked good but doesn't actually look good, you know, where we caught them before and we don't catch them, so we scrub those ones off yeah. the list. Like, yeah, we did. We spend a lot of time just driving and looking, hey, yeah, yeah. Um, which isn't terrible up there. No, it's beautiful. It's beautiful yeah. Apart from the eighty litre bill every day for it, but <laughs> you know, yeah, with the new motor, we do do a lot of K's though. So, yeah, um, yeah I think in the last comp, it took us uh, from. Lucinda to the Northern Trees at Cardwell there. I think it's, uh, for me, it's about a 17-minute run at yeah. 60 mile an hour. So yeah. it's just, that's cruising. It's it's nice. It's not flat out, but it's just a, a nice speed to get up there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so we just, we, we spend a lot of that week just looking and we might fish a few spots, but we really don't do all that much fishing, you know. We just yeah. rely on the information we've got to be able to, to catch them on the day. Yeah. Which obviously paid off for you. Um, yeah. Two years ago, mate, when you, yeah, when you yeah, that's Adam right. and um, Hasco. Hasco took it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Which would have been good, knowing how many, you, you know, you have a chop out and yeah, the time right. you put in. You yep. know, it's always good to get rewarded. Yeah, exactly. So what's anything going to change if um, if the Barabash goes ahead? Anything going to change to the lead up of that? Or no, you get stuck in and just sort of do what you normally do? No, and- just do what we normally do. This year was actually going to be a little bit different. Adam was getting married, so he wasn't actually going to be able to make it. But the whole COVID thing's thrown that out the window. So he's back on deck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sorry about that, Sarah. But, uh, yeah, we'll see see Adam at the, the Barabash he's now. He's just got another 12 months of cashies to do now, Sarah, to just make it even better for you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a huge. You deserve a beautiful wedding. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, so we the Barabash in the Hughes or your boat depends on the weather. Yeah. So and depending where we want to fish, you know, yeah. if it's in the channel, we'll do my boat. Yeah. Because um, it handles the, the channel chop no dramas, um, and it's obviously a lot quicker. So, yeah. um, but if we're going to do a sort of if we decide we want to do a coastal run or missionary or something, again, depending on the weather, we might take the Hughes. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest, we'll probably both be up there pre-fishing out of two boats, yeah. so we can cover twice as much ground. Yeah. So we'll have them both at our disposal up there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, nice keeping the economy going. Yeah, that's yeah. it. A eh? <laughs> hundred liters at a time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Reese, thanks for coming in and having a chat, mate. I really look forward to uh, the progress with your skiff build, um, and obviously um, seeing you up in Cardwell there if we get to fish the the barabash this year which yeah. hopefully it goes ahead i mean i think look i think it will um stuff seems to be easing back a little bit now and as i said they don't need to make that decision until about june so yep. um with a bit of luck it'll be what probably one of the only comps left to fish yeah. I, I mean the only other one i had in my calendar was the peter faust invitational which um was in october as well so with a bit of luck they, that, they get to run that one as well so yeah. that'll be the the two that i fish this year so yep. yeah and i mean you know 
I'm not saying that rubbing it in other people that missed out on the to run their comps, but you know, hopefully next year everyone can support them twice as much and you know yeah. get behind them and you know make them even bigger than exactly uh, what they are. Yeah, you know, um, it's all always good. Like, like it's just you know, some guys just don't get to go fishing that much. It's a it's a week or a weekend that they just lock away and. Right, yeah, this is my time. I get to go fishing for a week. I don't actually care if I catch that much, yeah. but I get it's my dedicated time to go fishing. So That's there's a lot of guys. And, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. so it's the most expensive diary block out yep. in my diary. Yeah. Just for some reason, if I say that this is how much noms are, this is how much I'm going to pay on equipment that's how much it's going to pay on fuel yeah there's nothing that stops me no that's right because, because, like, because oh, I've got to go. you're going fishing yeah you know and yep. that's the thing you lock it away you put it in and you know you hang out for that week or weekend or four days or whatever you can afford to get off all year yeah because it's i go for the in. raffles mate oh how good are they oh well, i'll never win them oh true burgess wins them all oh, it spends the about two thousand dollars on <laughs> yeah. them wins a ten dollar yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, no, mate, look, thanks for coming in. Really appreciate it. Um, I hope the Barra Money restocking keeps going strong for you guys. Um, is where can – so you've, we've talked about where they can get a hold of you on that. Um, you obviously have to be friends with you to see the the build on Facebook. It's not public, but if you want to jump in the Composite Community yeah. Group, you can see the – Jump um, on your yep. page. It's in there. I'll keep that updated. And um, I've got a sneaky alloy trailer build in there too for yep. people that are watching. So Yeah. Oh, we get all sorts of people chasing that sort of info, mate. So that's yeah. and, um, a wealth of knowledge. Looking at maybe doing something like that on the side in the future as a flat pack so yep. people can – put all the labour in themselves and end up with an aluminium trailer for two or three, or not two, but three or $4,000. So I'll take one for two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and last but not least, Reese Bullimore, chicken crimpies or pizza shapes? Oh, crimpies hands down. Oh God, this is. My this wife is hates crimpies, but. Really? Yeah, yeah, no. Why? Crim- I don't know. They're the best though. Can you unmarry her? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> probably not over crimpies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming in, mate. And all no the best. Dramas. Thanks, Cheers. mate. Eh? See ya.